0: This is what we call in the podcasting game, take two. Take and, two. And this is literally what happens when Adam leaves. He leaves me with this computer that has like 45 monitors and all these little button things that scare me, and this big thing over here that just has all sorts of knobs. And I don't know what any of them do except for like the record button on audition. And I barely know what that does. Long story short, we recorded the about, whole podcast. Yeah, we recorded about 10 minutes of podcast with um, none of Dylan's audio. But he's back, right? I'm back. Can you hear me? I see I hope thingies. you're listening, Adam. Anyway, <laughs> we're just going to get right into it. Episode 94, I am Cliff pretending badly. To be Adam,
1: I am the Dylan and I am not going to make the same joke I just did,
0: <laughs> but you'll now you'll never know
1: what it was. Ooh, Ooh.
0: Uh, I'm going to read what we're doing today and last time I totally nailed it, which means that I'll probably screw it up this time. But for the record, he did nail it, was it, good. it on was really take good. one. Anyway, we are going to talk about packs because I was there all weekend, Dylan was there part of the weekend. Uh, some games might be joining the Olympics in some kind of capacity, but uh, but there's some limitations. Uh, They have confirmed who is going to play Geralt in the new Witcher series that is going to be on Netflix. 2K kind of bravely has come out and said, hey, microtransactions are here to stay. You just got to get used to them. And uh, CSGO gets a free offline edition for you CSGO fans who don't want to pay for things or play with other people. Uh, we're also going to get some questions in from Super Hyper Wep- Whoa, Super Hyper Mighty Man. That's mean. Turn down for what? Geektopia, Jack Irish, Joe Coleslaw, and of course our good friend Vinny. And we have a couple of free games that I'm actually very excited about. But all that stuff, just put it away from now. We're going to find out what Dylan's been playing that he
1: didn't play at PAX. I did not play at PAX. Um, I played more Hollow Knight since the last time I played, um, or the last time we talked about me playing Hollow Knight. Which was, like, two minutes ago. Right. But But I have to kind of repeat myself. That's all right. So, Um, please. Hollow Knight is a great game that I'm surprised how long it takes to really get into it, um, which I think could really steer people away from a game that's pretty enjoyable. Um, I can't remember exactly what I had done the last time, and I think I've probably put six or so hours into it at this point and I feel like at that point you've acquired enough upgrades to feel the way you do when you start playing other games if that makes any sense. It's so weird to me
0: that I, get, I think the thing is, is I've heard a lot of people talking about Hollow Knight like when it came out on the Switch it kind of got this game's been out for a couple of years on PC but when it came out on the Switch it kind of got reinvigorated and I've never heard anyone say what
1: you're saying now everyone yeah. says
0: oh it's just so hard but no one ever says like you go six hours without getting any abilities. That's yeah. so strange
1: to me. And eventually, yeah, you grind through and, like, unlock new abilities and are able to buy upgrades for your nail, which is your weapon, um, to do a little bit more damage. And at that point that you upgrade your nail, you get the dash and the wall jump abilities, you actually feel like you can navigate and have combat in a little bit. Like, you feel like you're actually effective in the game, which is kind of where I feel the game should start. That's strange. Um... Like I understand that a lot of the game is about exploration, and like you don't have a map until you find the guy that gives you the map and so it's like there's all these little things that I kind of feel like are holding me back um and it it could progress through that section of the game a little bit quicker just because I think it would it might steer people away that just aren't into that old school type game because like yeah if you have a background in that type of game or maybe you just have a lot of time to put into games like sure you're going to you're going to be fine and you're going to blast through it um cuz it's not like it's that hard in most cases but i think like my gripe with bloodborne was where you fight an enemy and you have to go all the way back to this checkpoint and then fight these kind of Trivial enemies before you get back to the part That you're stuck on like that does Happen barely Frequently if you do end up dying In this game just because you, you respawn At the benches that you find and and Are kind of like your save points So those are parts of the game Like if you just had a couple more Of those benches in strategic places So I didn't have to keep jumping through certain segments that really aren't that challenging or maybe just enough challenging where it's kind of annoying that you have to keep doing it once you've kind of nailed it. And then you have to go through and they make you do it again and you fail the wall jump and you fall on the spike and then you hurt yourself and now you go fight the boss with slightly less health than full. It's kind of... Those cycles kind of repeat themselves rather than letting you just, like, keep repeating that boss until you kind of figure it out. Yeah. So I don't know. It's It's still a solid game, but I think have the expectation going in that it's going to challenge your frustration muscles a little bit, I think. <laughs> um, but other than that, I popped Arkham Knight back in, um, cause I realized I never really finished, um, that Batman game. And I don't remember why Batman came up in my head. I don't remember if I was talking to somebody about those games or You're something, about but, Adam. um, You're like he's Batman, ba- I'm not, bat. um, but I kind of wanted to revisit that game. Cause I, I like, I don't know it's always it's just a solid game to play, like the combat's fun. I do think the Arkham Knight like they kept getting bigger, and I don't know if that was better. um I still think the first one Arkham Asylum is best, and I think it's just because the size of the map like you didn't need the Batmobile to drive around and like I like the Batmobile, but I don't think it it wasn't the best addition to that game. I think it had a really solid game, but I guess they had to go somewhere so they had to give you a bat and a giant yeah. a batmobile in a giant city to. To run around in. Um, how does, how does no, Arkham's the first one, right? Arkham Asylum's the first one. And does it
0: hold up pretty well? Cause it's a, I mean, it's got to be, it, what, four or five years old by right now, right? I think it
1: does. Like, I don't remember it. it. It basically plays the same. Like, they had a really nice combat system, and like, it wasn't anything crazy, so I, I feel like it would still hold up really well, and I think Vinny played it. Fairly recently and had a good experience with it, and that's a pretty old game. Like that was a PS4 or PS3 Xbox 360 game. So, oh, sure, yeah, it's a game I've never
0: played, uh, and I feel kind of like it's one of those games that I feel yeah.
1: like I should have played and right. just didn't. To me, it's like Assassin's Creed but better, interesting, um, because it it doesn't have as much of like the silly like exploration elements to it which is i mean fun for some people but kind of silly in some cases where sure. it's like climb these towers and yeah. be a bird and like it's kind of it's kind of just weird and arbitrary um i feel like there's less of that and every most of what you do is intentional Interesting. um but the combat is nearly the same but i think better cuz there's just a little bit more going on in it rather than just like the striking and dodging kind of counter buttons and whatever um that free flow combat i think is what they call it like it's yeah. that's pretty much the same as assassin's creed um but i think the uh the way you traverse the map because you have like the grappling hooks and like you have these different drop strikes and your batman so you it's it's a very similar game, but I think this the the dingy aesthetic of Arkham Asylum or whatever Gotham City you're in is is really interesting and it's fun and themy. So I like they're good games. It's uh it's one that I, I keep meaning to try, and I,
0: honestly at this point I probably won't. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one I think about going back and trying a lot. So um I guess interestingly enough, the game I'm actually playing that I didn't play at Pax was is actually Assassin's Creed. Um I've played more Origins. Um I didn't play a ton. I've been I mean, I was at PAX for three days, and it was three days that I normally play a lot of games on. So I didn't play a ton of it, but uh, I'm I'm really enjoying that game. I'm really getting into like I'm a bad stealth gamer, like a bad stealth gamer. But uh, stealth in Origins is really really easy. Um, like pretty much if you're in the high grass, like no one can see you and it's very forgiving with being discovered too. So you can like, they'll come up like, Oh my God. Hey, what are you? Hey, uh, uh, and that gives you time to come out and just like stab them in the throat. Right. Um, But I've also found out, like, you can do cool things like go up and set traps on, like, the way they attract more guards is to, like, signal fires. And so you can go up to the signal fires and actually, like, put traps on those. So if someone gets away from you, they will go up and trigger that trap. And then, you know, that takes that person out. But I've just been really enjoying clearing out huge areas without anyone knowing I'm there and completing the objectives that way. So I actually haven't seen a ton of the combat, which is different than the way I play almost every other game. Um... But so the other thing I'm really enjoying about that game is uh very Zelda-esque in that I can climb everything. <laughs> and like in Zelda, it didn't mean anything to me. In this game, it means everything to me. It's awesome to be able to go and like you fly over, you know, these kind of areas. And by areas I mean they're I don't know, kind of they're walled off sections that are full of buildings. And uh you fly over with your your owl or or no your owl your like eagle or falcon or whatever and can kind of scope out where all the bad guys are and she'll mark them for you, and then you can go like well if I go in the front door that's going to be a pretty hard fight but if I just climb up the backside of that I can knock out that you know signal fire and knock out the guy who's guarding it and then like go in traverse down from the backside and it's going to be way easier. And I can go from that big tower and walk across this little rope to this other roof. And so the the traversal in that is is really cool. And I actually went from playing Assassin's Creed to playing Wildlands with my brother again. And it was really weird how confining that game felt all of a sudden where I couldn't, you know— Climb up the side of a wall to go, you know, get a terrorist. I couldn't, you know, jump from place to place, and and it was it went it was really strange going from a game where you have almost unlimited traversal to very very limited traversal. Even though in Wildlands I'm a dude with a like a huge gun and you know spy drones and all kinds of stuff, it, it was it's was a very strange and, and because they're both Ubisoft games, they feel super super similar but not <laughs> all at the same time. So that was that was interesting for me. So anyway, would you like to uh do some news? Some of that, a little bit of that. Pax news? Pax news. There you go. <laughs> all right. So I would say I probably played 25 or 30 games at PAX. You probably, you only went one day, so you yeah. played a little bit less than I did, but we did play some of the same games, because that's kind of how it works, where I go for the first two days, and then Dylan gets there, he's like, like, Dylan, 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 you've got to come play this <laughs> game! I'm very frantic in real life, it's very strange. Um, but, uh, we're going to talk about, like, eight of them right now, but if you want to hear what I had to think about the, like, 25 or 30 games I played, you can actually go to our Patreon page right now, bitemepodcast.com, uh, or, I'm sorry, Flip that. Patreon.com slash bite me podcast. And I put videos up for every single game I checked out and it's you can see like the trailer, the game behind it. And I talk over the top of it. Um, The couple people that have watched them have said they're very good. And those are open for everyone. You don't actually have to be a patron to see them. So check that out. Um, But, you know, while you're there, if you want to throw us a buck and uh, get early access to our podcast and a bunch of other stuff, we would love that. But uh, those ones are totally free. Um, before we get into that, you can we are also humble partners, so you can go to bitemepodcast.com slash humble and uh, help us out that way too by buying games uh, through us at the humble store, which also gives money to charity. And Adam probably also says some other stuff here. Go like us on on the Apple like iTunes and write reviews. Yeah. I don't know. There's there's some promotional stuff that I don't Looks remember. Up. We're good. We're good people, man, I promise. Anyway, packs. The first game we're going to talk about is probably, I don't know, it's hard at this point. I played so many games, but it's probably my favorite game that I played there, and I know it was one of your favorite games you played there. Um, it's called Blood Roots, and, and I think Dylan actually had a way of describing it that I've actually seen a couple other places since then that might make, it more, make more sense to other people.
1: Um, it is very similar to Mr. Shifty and Hotline Miami in the style of the game, like, team wise very different <laughs> very than Hotline different. Miami. Looks semi-similar to Mr. Shifty, but I think is ultimately a, going to be a better game. Mr. Shifty was pretty... It's a super fun game, but it was pretty simple. Like, there sure. wasn't a lot of different interactions, and there wasn't a whole lot of variety, uh, but there was still a lot of stuff sure. and ways to do the combat. However, in... Uh, um... Blood roots. There was just a lot more going on, even in that short demo. Like just the ways you could figure out how to use the different things in the environment, because it's it's basically you get hit, you're dead. Yeah, so you have to hit all the enemies before they hit you, essentially. It's
0: it's a one-shot kill either way, pretty much. So you can kill almost everyone in one hit, but they can also kill you in one hit. Right. The difference being is there's one of you and, like... A lot of them. 30 of them. Um, Did you beat the demo? I did. So the demo, I thought, like, the setup for it was really cool. Like, it opens with a cutscene with a guy sneaking up behind another guy who's sitting on a log with an axe, and as he, like, downswings the axe, the game starts. And then you... I don't know. Where do you think that world's set? Kind of, like viking-ish maybe kind yeah, of. yeah it seems kind of like like ancient native kind of maybe i don't know but they had swords too so i'm not sure maybe it's just it's a fantasy world but uh like the kind of hook is you can literally kill the bad guys with almost everything on the screen like i killed a guy with a fish
1: yeah, okay. I put a fish on a guy's head and a carrot.
0: I killed a guy with a carrot. A the wagon sw-
1: wheel. The sword is
0: very effective. The sword's amazing because you get this kind of like... Zoomy effect, where like you like dash with the sword. Yeah, you dash with the sword, and which is like good and bad. Like you can completely dash past the person you're trying to kill,
1: or dash right next to a different enemy after you whack the one. Exactly, and
0: then that guy will just kill you. Um, I yeah, I killed a guy with a wagon wheel. I killed a guy with a ladder. Um, I killed a guy with a part of another guy that I cut off. Like I like cut a dude in half, and then I picked up his legs and killed the guy next to him with the legs. (laughs) Um. Let's see, what else did I do? There's a part where you, like, kind of get in, like, a cannon, I want to say, and it shoots you up in the air, and then you come down and, like, slam and kill a bunch of guys that way, but then the demo ends with you getting an axe and literally sneaking up on a guy, and you realize, like, at the very end, you're going to kill this dude, but I don't know if you're killing yourself, or it's just, like, the demo is, like, a a cyclical time loop, but it it ends, and I was just like, because I, did you die a bunch of times
1: Not a bunch. A bunch divided by two.
0: I died half a a bunch. Oh geez, I died a bunch. Like to to there because there's a kind of small first level that kind of gets you the mechanics, and there's a big level where you have to kill like twenty guys. It probably took me eight or ten times to get through that because I'd get down to one single guy, and that one guy would kill me every time. So you know, I died a bunch, and then the game ended, and I was like just. Like, Adrenaline, and, oh, it was it's a good game, Bloodroots. It's coming out, I think, next year. Um, it's coming to PC and consoles, so take that how you will. I don't know if that includes the Switch. Um, probably be—I don't know if it's one of those games. There's a bunch of games I played that were like, oh, this game is perfect for the Switch. That game's probably good for the yeah. Switch, but I don't, you know, I Considering,
1: don't know. like, I played Mr. Shifty on the Switch, like, yeah. it'll be a great game on the Switch. It'll also be a great game to play on your TV. Yep. Um— yeah, I'm very excited for it. Like, I think I saw um, on IGN, they, at PAX West, they played the game, whatever, but they described it as Hotline Miami meets, like, Samurai Jack. Because oh, it's yeah. kind of got the that kind of art style yeah. of Samurai Jack, which is, it's really, it, the art is really neat. So I just think it's going to be another fun, like, I really enjoy that style of game. It's yeah. fun. It's kind of got this old school, new school feel to it. Yeah. Um, it's super fun. So I'm excited to play it. And it's just,
0: I mean, it's, it's bloody yeah. like it is like it's it's a it's a violent game but it's it's really fun I really enjoyed it. Uh, let's see next up uh, another violent game <laughs> Super Meat Boy Forever. Yeah. Um, this game is perfect for the Switch. Oh like, yeah, absolutely perfect for the Switch. So the way I would describe it is Super Meat Boy characters meets Super Mario
1: Run with the difficulty of Super Meat Boy. Yeah, yeah, um, because that's what those games are about. They're about Giving you really hard platforming that you just keep repeating until you get it. Um, so it doesn't take you out of it when you die, but it kind of incorporates that into the game. And right? it's an instant reload. Too. Right, like you die and the game starts again immediately.
0: But this game is is like a, a probably a two a one button game. Like there's a there's it's a two
1: button game. Um, I think
0: because you have to press down to like.
1: Don, right. Like yeah, so dot. you use a stick and a button, and a button. that's yeah. it. So
0: the 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 jump the button is for jumping. It is for pu- it's the same button to punch too, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so so If you're in the air and you hit the button again, then you you do the like the dash yeah. kind of ability. I don't want
0: to say it's an endless runner because there are definitely starts and ends to the level. Yeah. This is they, it's not levels an endless are runner. finite. Um, very much like Super Mario run was, but the running is automatic, so it just you start going and then you have to jump over buzz saws and un, duck under buzz saws, and there's kind of wacky enemies, like the one bad guy that we saw two bad guys one was like a fly and then the other one was something like a fly something yeah. on the ground. I don't remember what it was, but it's it's really fun and it's really, 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 really fast. And where I didn't really get into Super Mario Run at all, I super got into Super Meat Boy Forever. Um, it's coming out uh, soon, it's supposed this to be the year. summer. Yeah, so I, I would guess very, but very. But the summer is basically soon. over, so. And it's coming out on every system you could possibly want it. In. It's Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, PC, iOS, and yeah. uh, Google Play. So, and this game I think would actually probably work really, really well on a phone. Like I it might. It Yeah don't know if i'll pick it up on the phone maybe like it depends how
1: much i really enjoy the game but i want to get it on switch first yeah i think switch is probably the perfect place to play um i think uh i i looked it up because i wanted to know if they had a date for it so i went on their website and um there's no date it just says summer which summer's almost over but they kind of have this meet questions portion of the website and i just want to go through this briefly um because it kind of Talk, like reiterate some of the stuff we just said, but is this a sequel? Yes, it's a it's Super Meat Boy 2, but with a less boring name than Super Meat Boy 2. Um I just thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Said it like that. Um But they two buttons, that sounds dumb. So that's kind of how they <laughs> phrase their questions. Here's the thing, shut up, two buttons doesn't mean less control, it means we designed levels to use two buttons, you can get surprising amount of movement and precision by designing levels that complement your control, Super Meat Boy felt great because there was a marriage of level design and control, Super Meat Boy forever is no different, and I totally agree with that, yeah. it's like you didn't even realize that you were only using two buttons, and it it's simpler that way, yeah. like it, they found a way that you just use the direction of the, the stick and a one button, whether you press it or hold it. Yep. Like, you can get a couple different interactions. It's all you need to to create a really engaging game. Um, is it an infinite runner? No, it's not. Like, your, your kid, so Super Meat Boy and Bandage Girl have a kid, and the kid keeps getting kidnapped and moved on to the next level. It's hilarious.
0: At the end of every level, you're like, my kid, and then evil Dr. Felix doctor
1: Yeah, I can't remember. I don't remember his name. I can't like remember.
0: zips in and like ha and steals your kid and runs off to the next level. It's
1: um yeah, so each level consists of 40 to 50 carefully designed chunks that are placed together to create a level. So the, I think that's what they mean when you have little checkpoints because if you if you die on a buzzsaw, you you don't go back to the beginning of the level, you go back to that little chunk that you were on. Um iOS and Android, gross. This is a terrible mobile game. It's like, and they say, no, it's not. It's a console game that will work on a mobile device. So it was totally made for consoles first. And they've just decided that, hey, this game's going to work on a phone. So we'll put it there too. And I think it be so great. And I think this is a really smart way to put it. It's yeah. like, it's it was not designed to be one of, it was not designed to be Super Mario Run. Super Mario Run was good. I think it was a little lackluster. This is going to be that really good um, high value platform experience that you want on that. You'll be able to play on a mobile device or console if you prefer. So
0: good. Good onward. Yep. All right. So were those the two games that you played that we're going to talk about?
1: Those are my two favorite ones. Yeah. All right. I added party golf in there. Party golf. But I don't know if I accidentally, I don't know if I saved the,
0: whatever we want to talk about party golf. Yeah. Let's talk about party golf real quick. So I only saw this being played, so you'll, you can talk more about
1: it. Um, It's kind of hard to describe this game, but it's... Eight-player simultaneous golf? Yeah, up to eight players, or they'll fill with computers or whatever, which is great for the Switch because you can have eight Joy-Cons attached to the the system. But basically, there's a hole, and there's two-dimensional terrain around, and your ball will start somewhere on the map, and you basically pick an angle and whack the ball. And wherever your ball goes, you're going to have to whack it again until you whack it into the hole faster than everyone else whacks, I guess. Um... It was a little challenging to play on the Switch in tablet mode. Um, it was small. I think playing on your TV in your living room with eight Joy-Cons will definitely be a better experience in this game. But it was a, it was a fun party game. So if you're someone that's into party games... Definitely check out Party Golf. I. It looks like it's
0: already available. It's coming out on the Switch yeah, soon. It's already it's available on, on the PC. Yeah. So I guess if you have eight controllers for your PC, which yeah. that's a big ask. But I could get four. Four could, is yeah, very easy. And I
1: have so, four, maybe. Perfect. So we so have eight
0: together. I think this would be a really fun – I big thing that I was looking at at PAX was – games that would be really fun to play for our extra life day mm-hmm. um, and Party Golf was very much one of those games that came up so as that, that would be cool um, just a quick shout out to uh, another golf game I played called What the Golf we don't have it on the list but uh, What the Golf is great go watch a video of it um, next thing I think we're going to talk about is Double Cross, which is just kind of an action platformer, um, but it's got a gorgeous art style and a, like a really fun kind of hook mechanic that lets you do some really cool movement across the levels. Um, the idea is you play a special agent for a uh, – your name is Zahra, Z-A-H-R-A, yeah, um, and she is a agent of Rift, which is a – Agency that kind of takes care of uh, things. It, you, you exist in a world where there are multiple dimensions, and they can like travel between them. And you are you know solving this uh, this problem in between those and uh so like the level i played was an alternate version of earth where dinosaurs weren't extinct and so all the bad guys you were fighting were dinosaurs and i've never felt so bad punching a dinosaur because they are literally those just adorable little cute short arm t Rexes, (laughs) but they'll bite you if you don't fight them so um it's a switch game and a pc game i think it's gonna be amazing on the switch because it's just one of those fun kind of, you know, don't think too hard about it platformers, but it was it was had that good combination of like really cute graphics and really really tight fun gameplay. Uh so Double Cross is is one that I'm definitely going to pick up when it comes out on the Switch. Um I think I think soon. Like I got the impression this is another one of those like summer 2018 releases, so you have to figure that's going to be in the next month or two. There's not there's not a whole lot of summer left, man. Um Next game I'm going to talk – I played a – actually, the two next games I'm going to talk about are both ones where you play, like, Death <laughs> slash the Grim Reaper. <laughs> um funny. But they're both really funny. Um, this one's called Felix the Reaper, and I will, I guess, just, like, content warn you that if you go to their website at work, there is a very naked, like, I don't know – voodoo doll lady I'm on my way (laughs) so it's it's a drawing it's not it's not it's not exciting in any way but just so you know there's there's a naked person on that um you play a guy named Felix who is essentially not exactly a grim reaper but that like it's a puzzle game where you have to set up death so for instance in the first level I played you um, have to kind of manufacture a hunting incident because one of the hunters is supposed to die and you're there to make sure he does. And so you have to, in this puzzle area, get the guy who's supposed to die, pick him up and then take him to where he needs to be for the first hunter to throw a spear, miss a deer and hit this guy in the chest. Um, But where the puzzle element comes in is that, you know, death, death only lives in the shadows. So you have to, you can't go in the light or you die. So you actually rotate the playing area to move the sun to a new location. So you're in the shade. So you'll, you'll see trees leading up to an area. You have to shift the, the playing area around. So it casts a shadow from those trees to go collect the guy. Um, But kind of where this game goes from being like, oh, Hey, that's a really smart, you know, puzzle game to being a, uh, kind of quirky fun puzzle game is that death is like really into music. And so he like puts on some headphones and that's where the game's music is. And the game music is really like kind of poppy, jumpy. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say like EDM, but like, just like pop, pop video game music. And so he kind of, he doesn't walk from place to place. He kind of dances and does little spins and he's kind of a big chunky deaf dude. So he, (laughs) it's It's really funny to watch, but part of the reason he wants to be deaf is because he is falling in love with one of the people that bring life to the game, and so you know where there's life, there's death and death there's life, and so he always wants to hang around a little bit after just to see if she'll show up, and that's who the naked chick is on the website so that that's what it is and and you know in the in the kind of tutorial, they're like, you know it's not technically against the rules for you know death to fall in love with life, but it's pretty heavily frowned upon so this game's coming out really soon, I believe. I think I, this is another one of those like this year games. I believe it's PC only, but uh I'm I'm very very excited about Felix the Reaper. Um the other death game I want to play is Flipping Death and like this, this is game you, real neat. you need to go watch a trailer for it because it has some of the most unique art I've ever seen. Um it technically is a 2D platformer. But it's got a ton of 3D stuff mixed into it. So, like, one of the early things you do is drive in a car. And there's also other cars driving around. And it very, maybe it's two and a half D. I don't know. It's, it visually is just absolutely incredible looking. Super bright, super, I don't want to say cheerful because it's, you know, you're a reaper. But the idea is, is you play this girl who accidentally dies and ends up in not necessarily. Hell, I guess, but, like, the afterlife. And uh, she's, like, really pissed off and confused because she wasn't supposed to die. And so she goes up to, effectively, the Grim Reaper and starts to talk to him. And, and through kind of miscommunication, um, he ends up thinking that, that she's the temp that they sent to give him time off because he hasn't had a vacation day in, like, 1.5 billion years. And so she, all of a sudden, is the Grim Reaper. And she finds out that one of the things she can do is, like, zip over to— Life and that actually is really cool because it flips the entire game around. Like you visually see the entire like two D game flip, and all of a sudden she's in the living world and she can possess people and make them do things. But because she's not actually those person, it's very like puppet master like where they're real wobbly and their limbs are flailing all over the place. It's a really really interesting idea and and it's a kind of a puzzle platformer where you you know the game's a, a, a platformer, but you're trying to solve you know, like the first thing you solve is there's like kind of ghost lady nearby who's helping you and she needs you to go find out who murdered her. And so it's going to be that kind of game where you're platforming around trying to solve puzzles and, and uh, you know, just help help death throughout the day. And it's, it's just beautiful. And it is actually already out. Um, It was released on steam uh, the first of last month. So you can pick it up on steam. I think it's going to come out on other platforms though. Um, I'm just not sure which ones. (laughs) So, Check out uh, Flipping Death on PC right now. Let's see. I wonder how much that is. We could we could go look. It, oh, it's it's available. It's going to be available on the Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. So it's available on Steam, and it may actually already be available on those other platforms. It's 20 bucks. So check that out. And again, another game that would be great on the Switch um, because it's portable and there's not a lot to the game itself. So um, Next up, I'm going to talk about Chasm, which... I'll just tell you right now, is available on the Vita. Like, you can go buy it on the Vita right now. It's a, uh, I don't want to say procedurally generated Metroidvania because that's not quite right, but effectively that's what it is. So, you know, most Metroidvanias, you get a map and you have to get you know different powers to go through this map. And if you get lost, you can go on the internet and say, like, where am I supposed to go next? And you can't do that with this game because all of the you know, essentially dungeons that you go into are procedurally generated, I believe for your specific playthrough. So they're not going to regenerate every time you go through, but every game has a, its own set of, you know, procedurally generated dungeons. Um, but they're kind of handcrafted, like it's made from different parts of things that it just knows how to put them together. It's really, really, really fun. It's out now on the PS4, the Vita and Steam, and it's coming out on the Xbox and I believe the Switch as well. Um, it's 20 bucks on Steam, and I, I think it would be really worth trying. Um, it's got a beautiful like pixel art style Um the combat felt really good, although I had to get used to it a little bit. But it has a really cool, for a, for a kind of two game, 2D platformer, it has a really cool, like, stab, stab, and then there's a button, like, dodge back, and then stab, stab um, kind of feel to it. Obviously, it's got some RPG elements where you can upgrade weapons and upgrade stats and all that kind of thing. Um, really enjoyed it. called Chasm. All right. And then I think I got, I got two more. Can you, can you hang out for two more, minutes?: You're yeah. good. You're good. Uh, with Friends Like These is a Switch game coming out. It's developed by a husband and wife team. And uh, I want to get... Did you actually see this? No, I played it with my, my kid. Um, I want to get Adam to play it with someone because I think it would be that game that makes Adam's head explode. Uh, you... I'm not going to say are piloting a ship because it's very much alive. (laughs) Um, And the ship has two circles, a blue circle and a pink circle. And if you're in water, the blue circle controls movement and the pink circle shoots. And if you're in air, the pink circle controls movement and the blue circle shoots. But a lot of the enemies have either a pink or a blue color, or some of them have both And so you actually have to switch back between air and water to shoot them based on what color the enemies are. Um, And so it's really tricky and it's a really – it's one of those weird like going from being the person moving to being the person shooting as you go in and out of different areas is just mind-bendingly difficult. Um, There's a – the last part of the demo was like a chase through like a sewer and there's this big, huge baddie chasing you. And you're going through air to water to air to water. And so it's spitting out things you have to shoot at. And so you'll go from shooting backwards at this thing, shooting things to you, and then have to switch to going forwards in order to, you know, pull it through the air and then, switch back through when you get to water it's really complicated and you'll spend a lot of time going like oh no and trying to flip around as these things are chasing you um it's a husband and wife team like I said and I asked her I'm like how how long has this been in development and she like was super embarrassed like we've been working on it for like three years but we've never done any game development we started I'm like and you've got a working game that's part of like the PAX 10 three years later like I don't I don't think that's anything to be embarrassed yeah. about. Um, it's coming out next year for Switch, and it's going to be, it's kind of like, you know, any of those fun kind of co opy Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, um, <coughs> even Overcooked. What was it? Do you remember that tower defense game we played last no, year?
1: No Heroes Here. Yeah, No
0: Heroes Here. That kind of idea where you're just going to play this with a friend or your kid or your you know, partner, and uh, it'll be really fun. Two player co op, and it's actually two player required co op. I don't think you can play it single player. So check that out. Especially like I'm gonna play it with my wife because even though she doesn't game a lot, I think she'll get the idea of it. So, all right, last game I played. This is the the game that I actually waited in line the longest to play, which is Ooh. maybe yeah, which is probably a half hour, um, okay. maybe thirty five minutes. I didn't wait terribly long, um, and it's Torchlight Frontiers. And when this got announced. What maybe two three weeks ago, mm-hmm. like, I was really excited because I figured after, after you know the developer of Torchlight one two went out of business, I didn't think we'd ever see another Torchlight game. Um, and then they released Torchlight Frontiers, and I'm like, sweet Torchlight, I love Torchlight. Um, so I definitely wanted to wait in line to play it. And like the good news is, is it's Torchlight. It it looks like Torchlight. It has pets like Torchlight did. It has some kind of zany character classes like Torchlight did. Um, the big differences, and like the, the first difference is fine. I don't think it's a big deal, is it's going to play, he said, like an MMO, but I think what he really means is more like Destiny, where. There's a big open town, like people connect to an instance of this game. And there's a big open town where all the people can mingle about and you could make parties and you could find friends and and all that kind of stuff. But then when you go into a dungeon, the dungeons are instanced. So it's going to be you and your party alone in that (coughs) dungeon. Um, And that's fine. And I, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, is it going to be, free-to-play is it going to be a subscription-based one is it gonna be a game you buy and then there are microtransactions and the answer was um maybe um the new owners of this of the franchise uh perfect world are very well known for making free-to-play games with microtransactions so if i had to guess i I would guess it's gonna be free-to-play with microtransactions which is Maybe my least favorite way to play a game, but maybe it'll be good. Who knows? And who knows? I could be I I'm, I'm speculating. Um the one thing I will say about the game is is it's hopefully about a year out. We're talking 2019, because the combat right now feels like absolute garbage. <laughs> um I've played a lot of these games. I've played all three Diablos, I've played both the Torchlight games, I've played um Dungeon Siege. I'm really into like clicky. ARPG loot gathering games and I can't I can't put my finger on what was wrong with the combat in this game just that like when I click on something and I cast a spell or I hit it with a sword, I expect there to feel, like, from a feedback perspective that, like, maybe I actually hit it or something's happening. And this felt a lot of just, like, I don't know, like, slapping people with, like, I don't know, like a water-filled rubber glove. <laughs> like, things died eventually, but there wasn't, like, any—and, like, I'm, I'm not saying feedback. Like, I don't need my joystick to rumble, but it just—it didn't feel— physical it didn't feel like i was connecting and it, so it made for a really strange experience but they've got a year to tune that um and hopefully it gets better we'll see anyway that is torchlight frontiers coming out next year at some point in time so that's uh that's pax yeah that's all did you play anything else that you want to talk about did you do anything cool
1: not really i kind of like mostly just kind of wanted to more than play games, just kind of see them. Like, yeah. sometimes that's what it is. Like, Kingdom Hearts 3, it's like, I wasn't going to wait hours in that line. And, like, we even walked up to the Kingdom Hearts, like, hey, what's the wait? And they're like, capped for today. And we were there when it started. It was like,
0: like 10.30 yeah. and it was capped
1: for the day. It was crazy. Like, I mean, I get that. But yeah. um, but it, the game's beautiful. Like, we just kind of saw what it looked like, and, man, it looks good. Yeah, I looked, um, I watched a lot of games get played. Um, Walked over to the Biomutant booth, and, like, that game looks Really neat. I I like it. Might be something I'm interested in to play it. But the guy in front of me was like spent seven minutes in his character created, and I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, just just play the game. Like, I don't know. The demo shouldn't have a character creator. I guess they kind of want to show off that that's part that's of the part game. Of the thing. But yeah. it's kind of not probably what you should have in a demo. Um, but I and I realize like I realize saying this that
0: I sound like a, just an awful entitled gamer, but. I I wish one of two things, or maybe both of two things. I wish that every demo at at PAX, even, even initially kind of said, like, hey, this is a this is a 10 minute demo and you should play the entire thing. Like there is an end to this. Right. Um, or you know, the the handler at the booth could say, like, hey, it's 10-minute demo, just play until you win. Or if the handler at the booth would say, like, all right, here's this button, 10 minutes. You got 10 minutes to play as much of this as you want, and then leave. Because there was more than one game that, like, first of all, I, as a player, having waited behind people, like, I really wanted to play Below at ID at Xbox. And the dude in front of me played it for probably 25 minutes. And there was, like, a, there was a guy between us. And so I'm like, I don't want to wait an hour to play Below when this entire thing's only three hours long. But I really, really want to play Below. And it seems to me like if someone had said, like, okay, here's your 10-minute timer, then we all would have gotten, you know, 10 or 15 minutes to play below as opposed to that one dude taking 25 minutes to do it. Um, But also, like, as someone who's been frustrated by that, I never know how long to play a demo. Like, do I play for five minutes? Do I play for 10 minutes? Do I play for 15 minutes? Is this demo going to end? How do I know those things? So it's just disappointing to me that they don't handle that a little bit better. But also at the same time, I know that, like making a game that has a, a stop and an end is hard, like, you don't. That's a specific build for packs, and that's hard. And I also know that, like, a lot of people running those booths are the developers and they're like introverted nerds, just like me. And so, for them, like, excuse me, sir, I'm you've been playing for 17 minutes, some other people would like a turn. I don't, you know, I get why I get why those things don't happen, but god, I wish they did, right? So, meh, whatever. It was fun, meh. Yeah, I also went to besides PAX. I did go to the ID at Xbox event and um, the Seattle Indies Expo, which was amazing. And both of those, uh, I talked about both of those on our Patreon uh, in video form, so you can go watch those. They're both pu- they're public, so you can watch those. Um, news, real news, real news, non PAX news. Um, so what do you think about gaming the Olympics, Dylan? I don't know. <sighs> I, I don't. I don't know. I, like, is that? I, I guess the question is: Is that how people look at esports and go like, "Oh, esports are dumb. They're not real sports like football. Why is there esports? Why is there a Dota tournament on my ESPN?" And I'm like, "Well, because if you really get down to it, like practicing for an eSport is kind of like it, practicing for a real yeah, sport. I mean, you go to you go to practice every day. You have a coach. You." You know, you a lot of them nowadays are like you've got a nutritionist that works with your team. Like, you yeah. know, you're, you're sleeping right, you're eating right, you're, you know, working out because you've got to be like in it's as dumb as it sounds, like being in f- good physical condition is part of being an esports guy right. because you're also playing games like for eight or 10 hours a day. And like that's hard. And being mentally ready for that and being prepared um, is a lot like playing a real sport. Like, the only difference is, is that you don't have to maybe be in peak physical form in order right. to play an esport. But that also kind of means that they're a little bit more open to right. everyone. You know? It's like, a little
1: more accessible. I could play. You don't have sport. to be born a a yeah. freak specimen to there I mean there's a certain truth to that is yeah. like I mean twenty percent of all people that are about seven feet tall are in the NBA. Yeah. Like Anyone that's that tall is just kind of guaranteed to be a professional basketball player if they want. Yeah. Like, if you have any desire to do so, like, you're big enough, you can do it. Yep. Um, So, like, there's still a lot of work involved, obviously. Obviously. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, does esports need to be a part of the Olympics? No. Do I kind of like the idea because it might kind of normalize it as a real thing for people to do?
0: Yes. I I like the idea that it might give me a reason to watch the Olympics. Yeah. Like, I... (laughs) Yeah. I've kind of fallen off that Olympics bandwagon. Everyone's like, don't you watch figure skating? I'm like, Noo. no. Um, I think it's an interesting idea. But anyway, it actually at the next Olympics in I think in 2020, I think is when the next Olympics is. It's gonna be uh, like a prom- like a, a kind of a a promotional thing. Like no one's gonna get medals for it. It's a demonstration sport, it's what they're calling it. So there's no medals and it doesn't count towards your tally or any of that, but there are going to be people competing in video games at the Olympics. It's going to be Arena of Valor, Clash Royale, Hearthstone, League of Legends, and Pro Evolution Soccer, and StarCraft II, which I love that StarCraft II is in that list. But uh, the, the new president of the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, is saying that although maybe games have a place currently, at least in his mind, and I mean obviously as the president, he has a lot to say, no games where – a player kills another player as part of that. He says it's against the spirit of the Olympics. Um, and so you're not going to see your Fortnites. You're not going to see your PUBG's. You're not even going right. to see, like, CSGO. There you can where, just command
1: armies to go to like, kill other he, armies. He's like, he apparently is a
0: fencer. And so for him, like, he's like, there's a difference between sword fighting where you're trying to kill another person and fencing where you are trying to score points yeah. against another person in a
1: structured way. So... I I don't know. Um, I like that he's made a educated decision and stance on that. Like he's drawing a difference between sword fighting and fencing. Like there's a way to do competitive because like that would be like the what the whatever that's what's it called where you ski down the hill and then you shoot at targets. I don't know,
0: but it's 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 such a wacky thing. Wacky, but
1: it's like, yeah, it's like that's target shooting. It's not just because you're using a weapon doesn't mean that that's a violent killing competition, even though I guess at the end of the day like weapons were made. For, for yeah, a pretty much but, one thing. <laughs> yes, but I mean, there's Maybe a difference two, there. And if yeah. he's going to differentiate it, that's fair. It's a rule. If that's the rule, and they follow that, and they don't just decide to discount one game because they're like, "Oh, this game's super popular," so yeah. let's try to bend the rules to get it in. Like, that's fair. Rules are rules, so I'm I'm okay yeah. with that. About the only thing I don't like is that
0: he referred to violent games as killer games. Yeah, I think that's
1: kind of which. Silly, but
0: it's silly, and it like it makes me wonder a little bit about how knowledgeable about video games he actually is. But you know, neither here nor there. I'm I'm excited to see video games somewhere. Like, not like I said, not that video games need to be legitimized, but sometimes video games need to be a little at least in the spotlight more than they are. Yeah. So, um, next up, uh, there is a Witcher series coming to Netflix, and they have picked who's going to play Geralt and. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and I don't know how to say his last name. Cavill? Is it Cavill? Henry Cavill who is Superman? Yeah. Um both with a mustache and without a mustache. Um he's Superman <laughs> both times. Um Still Superman. Still Superman. They I I don't know who I thought was going to play The Witcher, but it was not Superman. <laughs> I will yeah, tell you that. I agree. Um The Witcher is like I mean, for those of you who've played the game, you know, road worn. Yeah. Like, this dude has seen some stuff. Like, he's lived a long time. He's fought big, horrible monsters. He's had a lot of personal travesty.
1: He's a rugged individual. He has
0: a giant scar, like, across his face and a big, bushy beard. Not a big, bushy beard, but, like, definitely has a. He's a, it's a beard. He's a tough dude. And Henry Cavill is Superman. (laughs) He's
1: just pretty. Like, yeah, I, he's, he's a good Superman. Like, I think he was the a right casting choice for Superman, but I don't know. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I, who was it you thought should play? him instead? Like
1: someone like Walking Phoenix. Yeah. Not saying that's the right choice, right, but, but like that he has a look that like one he's just a little bit older, so like he has experience on his face. Like and Walking Phoenix is just facial expressions. Like like watch the Master, the Paul Thomas Anderson yeah. film. Like there's so much in that character for being kind of a quiet like. I don't know, like, there's a lot of nonverbal stuff that I think a, a person like Joaquin Phoenix has just naturally. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Karen Cavill's 35. Like, I don't know, I
0: picture this dude. I, I think as I picture Geralt as, I, I don't. He's probably that age, but he's probably. I don't think so, though. Like, like lore he wise, I, I think he's like, I think being a witcher makes you live okay. longer. So, I, and I think that's part of it is like, in the, in the games, like, Garrett looks like he's probably, like, a really in-shape 45. And, I mean, part of that, too, is, like, he's got the silver hair, so he looks a little bit older. But, like, he looks like a dude that's seen some stuff. And I'm looking at a picture of Henry Cavill right here on, like, some sort of the... Oh, it's the scene... It's the uh, the red carpet from the newest Mission Impossible movie. And he he looks like a guy who's seen some stuff in Hollywood. Um, yeah. he, just, he just doesn't have to look at it for me. But I'm also... Like second guessing actors is like maybe the worst thing you can ever do. Like I I distinctly remember when uh, Heath Ledger was picked to p- play the Joker and everyone was like the dude from Ten Things I Hate About You. How is he ever gonna right. do anything? And then arguably is probably the best place person to play the Joker ever. So maybe maybe he'll maybe he'll be great.
1: Yeah, I'd-
0: we will see. We will see. Um, I'm I'm excited for that. I think the series launches late next year, yeah. as I recall. So get your Witcher on. Um, we talk about microtransactions a lot on this podcast, we and quite frankly, I'll be honest, of. we could talk more about them, because I think every week we have a, a question about like, what do you think about microtransactions? I'm like, see our previous, <laughs> like, 35 episodes, and you can hear oh. about microtransactions, one. Um, but like, I'd kind of, I guess now I have to edit things too. Great.
1: <laughs> oh, they just realized Adam's not here.
0: I don't know. The phone just rang. Adam's like really good about like, hey, let's play back and figure out where we were and then we can make it seamless and I'll edit that. I am only playing Adam today. I don't I don't do that. Yeah. Sorry. Um, you may hear the phone ring. I, I'll edit it out. We'll see. Anyway, um, I had kind of thought that microtransactions were kind of on the downhill side of things where you'd seen them pulled out of Shadows of Mordor and they pulled them out of Battlefront 2. And, you know, it seems like things were getting a little bit more sensible, like where game developers and probably more publishers had seen like, hey, how far can we push this before things break? And then things broke. And so they were pulling him back. But uh, 2K, who obviously is, you know, right now talking about the, like, 2K line of sports games, specifically um, 2K or NBA Live 2K19, but is also like... nothing's are beeping. Who knows?
1: Okay. Uh, but is...
0: Oh, my gosh. So that was an all-page, like a phone call, but more obnoxious. Um, anyway, (laughs) um, 2K is also the publisher of like the Grand Theft Auto games though. So this is, this is a pretty big announcement. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say as quote, uh, 2K has, uh, been asking local government people in Belgium, like Belgium just banned loot boxes. And so 2K has been really vocal about having people go, uh, and talk to them about that. And so when, you know, they kind of reached out, um, 2K senior producer Rob Jones has told trusted Reviews that, quote unquote, every game at some point in some way has currency, and they're trying to get additional revenue for each player that plays that game. He says that the difference between straight money grabs and where those actually add some value to the game is really important. And so. He goes on to say that, you know, grinding to purchase items is, quote-unquote, a choice, not a force. We know that nowadays that most people don't have the patience to work their way to the top. They just want to be there, in the, be there right away. So, you know, we look at it as, oh, it's an opportunity for us to allow you to skip the grind. But then if the grind is too long, like some people felt in their game last year, they're going to sit there and they're going to go, well, you know, the grind was too long to begin with. And what that horribly complicated quote with a lot of commas and a lot of strange things is saying is – there's a balance between a grind that feels like, hey, you have to grind in games sometimes, and a grind that f- feels artificially added because they want microtransactions to help you out of that grind. They want to force you into the microtransactions route. And, I mean, I guess he's not wrong. Yeah. But it's not really something I want someone to say out loud, I don't think. Yeah. Like, it To me, that means that any microtransaction that isn't cosmetic in any two game, 2K game, I'm going to be a little bit suspect of, of. You know, if they're designing their games around what's the right level of grind to microtransaction, that's yeah.
1: kind of gross. Yeah, I mean, I get it. As long as, if the game is not artificially changed, sure. But, but I mean, what
0: he's saying is that their games are artificially changed. Right. Like... <laughs>
1: Like if you just leave that mechanic out of it, I don't know. It's Microtransactions should be cosmetic. It's just it's a
0: it's a brave brave stance from two K to yeah. take because man the the pushback from gamers on microtransactions has not has not
1: been pretty. Yeah. Well, so. I kind of I mean I would kind of relate it to the way they used to make games. They used to artificially make games harder so you would get more time out of them because yep. that's just kind of and like any that arcade was, game you've played, any SNES game. Which is fine, but nowadays it's really not. You yep. can't you can't just fake a grindy game nowadays. Like, so I, I tell you, you have it, certain expectations, and there's I think there's other ways to monetize your game in the long run, other than over experience points. Yeah,
0: I guarantee you that quote is going to come back and bite them in the butt at some point yeah. in the future. So, anywho, uh, on the opposite side of the fence, um, apparently Valve's giving away things for free now. Um, yay. yay! Have you ever played CSGO? Uh, yes. I have never played I've CSGO. i played
1: quite a bit of Counter-Strike. And Not Go as much as previous, but
0: yes. The reason I have never played CSGO is because I don't want to go get killed lot over and over and over and over and over again while I learn how the game plays. Yeah. And so now if you are like me and don't want to die over and over and over again while you learn how CSGO works, while probably having your teammates yell at you for being a scrub and a noob and a, you know, whatever. Which you are. Yeah, which I am. Like, I admit that, <laughs> but how do you not become one? Um, the answer is, is you can go right now and download uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive Uh, and it is an offline-only game that you can play against bots or apparently you can also now watch uh spectate games on Go TV but really what this is is so you can go get this game and get over that initial learning curve by playing against bots and and bots and real people are never the same but maybe this means you can go in as kind of an intermediary player that understands how the weapons work and understands how the maps work and understands how all those things work versus going in and going like, okay, I'm new. What do I do? Is this a yeah. gun? This looks like a gun. How do I shoot this gun? So uh I think that's a really, really cool thing to do. Yeah. Um And I wish more. I wish more manufacturers had that thing, like Battlefront. I would love to be able to go in and, like, figure out how Battlefront 2 worked without having to go online and get killed over and over and over again. I mean, honestly, PUBG, I think it's a great thing. They added it to Fortnite where I can go in and spawn an instance for myself and a friend and go in and try all the guns and Mm -hmm. try how does this make a fort grenade work and how do I build things. And I think that those, like, offline modes with or without bots are – something that doesn't get built nearly enough anymore. So good job, Valve. Um, and if you want the full version of CSGO, it's uh, 15 bucks on Steam. So you can
1: go from free to actually paying for something. And uh, Counter-Strike's pretty fun by yourself against bots. Like, I played the first Counter-Strike that on Xbox um, when they... Yeah, yeah. So it was really on PC, but yep. they put it on Xbox, and, like... I didn't have Xbox Live at the time I wasn't playing with people yep. but I played that game a lot by myself and it's a pretty satisfying game because just Counter Strike like you you start the game with money you buy weapons you go fight you beat the terrorists you get more money for the yep. next rounds and you're you're shaping your loadout, like buying body armor and things, it's a really fun kind of loop yep. to get into, so it's, yeah. it's a game you can enjoy not playing with people and not getting pooped on by people who play this game all the time. Yeah, I didn't, I've, I never played Go, but I played Counter-Strike a ton, and I always
0: played against Bot. We played Counter-Strike and uh, Team Fortress a ton just against Bots and had a great time doing it, so anyway, uh, we are going to move on to questions. Our first question, as per always, <sighs> hey, yo, Vinny, you're asking questions again.
1: When you going <laughs> to stop doing that?
0: Never. The answer is never. Never. Vinny is contractually obligated to answer questions every time we do a podcast from now through the foreseeable future. And the good news is Vinny's younger than us. So, like, the good, you know, there's a really good possibility that um, I will die at some point and Vinny will just inherit my place in the podcast. I yeah. mean, it's we're talking, like, hopefully a while from now. Yeah, like that's a, little, I, that's a ways. I it. would like to sing. But, you know, when I die at 80, Vinny will only be 60. <laughs> so he can take over the podcast in his old age. i um, assuming that the world hasn't been destroyed in a fireball of. Think supernova. Insanity. Uh, anyways, Vinny's question is, with PAX just passing by, I was wondering if you guys had the money, artistic ability, and willpower to make your own cosplay and go to an event such as PAX. Which video game characters would you like to go as? I have an answer
1: for that. <sighs> You start, then.
0: I really, 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 really want to go as a steampunk Darth Vader. I've seen... I've never seen one in real life, but I've seen some pictures of them, and they're very cool. So think Darth Vader, but less electronics and more, like, tubes and wires and steampunky kind of stuff. And the other thing i'm thinking about this is what i want to do is use those tubes and stuff for liquid cooling because like i went to packs in shorts and a t-shirt and it was still a million point four degrees inside so if i could have a cosplay costume that also kept me cool while i was there that would be like uh, a cool costume plus two
1: senior dylan that's tough i'm not much to not much to dress in costumes.
0: So in lieu of cosplaying, please tell us what you will be as for Halloween this year, as decided by the rest of your office.
1: Uh, the wacky, wavy, inflatable arm flailing tube man?
0: Yeah, he's real good at it, so...
1: That's probably what I would do.
0: If, if you don't know what we're talking about, like, think on, uh, like, in front of any car dealership in whatever city you, you live in, those, like, inflatable, like, tall... Face things with wacky arms that flail over because they've got a blower in them. Yep, Dylan looks almost exactly like one like in it. real life. I do alone, a very good impression of it. He does a really good impression. It's, I've seen it, it's great, yeah. and uh, I'm excited. He's got to do this for Halloween. I'm very excited. I don't know if
1: I had like a perfect, like legitimate Mega Man costume, that'd be I, cool. I'd be pretty stoked. Be a I, just want the, Mega Man. I want the hand blaster. Have
0: you, what's the coolest cosplay you've seen? The coolest because I've seen two that were amazing, and one was um, a full-size Big Daddy from Bioshock. Like, yeah, that
1: would be. If I saw that, I'd be pretty it stoked on it.
0: It was huge, like absolutely huge. I have no idea how the person inside actually did it. Um, and then last year, I've seen some really good like Master Chiefs, um, but last year I saw a dude cosplaying as Bumblebee, the Transformer, mm-hmm. that actually was on those like jumpy stilt things. Oh, yeah. Um, and had, like, it was really cool. And the reason I saw him is because someone bumped into me, and I bumped into him, and I almost knocked him over. <laughs> so, there, there's great cosplay. You don't see a ton of it as PAX. I mean, I saw some good cosplay at PAX, um, but uh, I go to Comic-Con every year, and the cosplay at Comic-Con's yeah. just top shelf. So
1: um, There was a guy um, dressed as Professor Chaos, and that was pretty cool. Oh, I didn't see that. That's cool. Um, which is just awesome because it's, like, it's butters and a yeah, crappy tinfoil tin foil. costume. Did so just a, seeing this, like a this older him? guy in a crappy tinfoil costume, it was just great. That's awesome. Love it.
0: All right. Thank you, Vinny. Uh, next question from Joel Coleslaw. What gaming universe would you hate to work and or live in uh, as like a non-player character role? I mean, like the plus side of being an NPC is... In most games, I'm not going to say all games, but most games, like, that character can live forever. They are invincible.
1: But in uh, GTA, you are literally just cannon fodder. I'm going to take it a step further. Did you ever play Carmageddon? Uh, No, but I know of Carmageddon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Carmageddon, like, like GTA, in theory, the, the reason you're driving is to get from point A to point B without causing carnage. In Carmageddon... The entire game is getting from point A to point B, killing as many pedestrians as you can. So That would be
1: pretty rough. That would
0: be pretty rough. Um, I would say any, like, fantasy role-playing game would be kind of terrible because, like, the smallest of small things can be, like, not only horrible for you, but you have no ability to fix them. Like, oh, my God, my poor son walked into the forest and I'll never see him again. I'm like, well, maybe you should just go look, lady. Like... It's not. It's just right over there. It's just outside of town. I mean, do you people never go into this forest? Like, is yeah. it that scary? And if so, why do you live here? Maybe there's a town. I just went from another town. Their town did not have a scary forest. Maybe you should move. Yeah. So uh, the helplessness of of your general NPC is is yeah. rough. Yeah. Anything else? Dylan is looking incredibly introspective like there's there's a there's an NPC answer on the tip of his tongue and it just can't can't come
1: out I think like as cool as like the Bioshock world is too I don't think I'd like living underwater very much well underwater as like a slicer too yeah that'd be pretty uh, yeah maybe maybe Bioshock at like the top
0: of its of its game maybe like before everything went wrong or in the cloud city
1: that'd be pretty terrifying yeah
0: yeah yeah, maybe there's just no good place to be an NPC. Like, is there mm-hmm. any? Are there any NPCs that get like the super like everything's great here and we love it? Yeah, I mean that would be a pretty boring game. Yeah, no, there's no quests here. Everything's perfect. Go yeah. away. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the, this one, this one NPC I saw, he he was an adventurer. Just I think, like just like you uh. You I think know, Saints like Row would be
1: the worst though. I think. I don't, want, there's just too much paraphernalia that people are running around whacking people with. Like, I don't want to
0: be a subject Big to that. Big, purple, wobbly paraphernalia? Yeah. Is that what you mean? That's kind yeah. of what I'm thinking. That's what so. you're thinking. All right. Next question. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Uh, you know what we forgot to do? Like, I will do it in a minute. Uh, Jack Irish, next question. If you guys were stuck in a world like Fallout 3, would you become good or evil to survive, help people or kill them? He personally would kill everything, which I think tells you a little bit about... <laughs>
1: him about jack
0: Well he lives in like australia which is like just a step removed from fallout 3 everywhere like all the spiders want to kill you all the snakes want to kill you all you got to do is turn all the people and uh you're screwed so anyway dylan good or bad
1: <sighs> i feel like you have a better chance of success if you are the good um from a purely success standpoint i think if you can create a strong community um i think taking the good road is might get you a little bit farther um and not creating enemies straight off the bat (laughs) like i think there there's ultimately going to be a point where you have to make a hard choice um where you're not going to be the lawful good um person you want to be but i think overall the so when you play a game like specifically probably a
0: game like I'm thinking Mass Effect because that really does have that like good bad kind of thing or or like the original Fable. Do you yeah. ever play as the bad guy?
1: Almost never. Same. Um, yeah, just naturally. I don't know.
0: I would say maybe the the in a in a game like if if a game was real life, like maybe the the closest I would be able to go is maybe like kind of like a chaotic good. Um, because I'm, like, in real life, I'm a pretty, like, a pretty straight and narrow kind of dude. But at the same time, like, I think that there are a lot of, there are a lot of moral gray areas in real life.
1: Right. That where Absolutely. my own
0: morals maybe dictate more than what is 100 percent legal right um and so like i'm never gonna i'm probably never gonna be a you know straight up evil guy but i might be that guy who's like no what what you're saying isn't right um the, the law that you're defending isn't correct and just because it's a law doesn't mean that right. it's it's 100 percent correct so like chaotic good maybe um yeah. but pr- i'm not i'm not like Probably not even like chaotic neutral, like yeah. probably probably still on the the chaotic good
1: side. The good side, yeah.
0: So, um, and I never play as a bad guy in video games. Right. Never.
1: But I think that's a lot of the times, just because the choices are never really hard. It's like, no, I'm not just gonna kill that chicken. Like, it's sometimes it's it's the choices aren't really choosing between things as much as it's just like choosing a good or bad thing to do. And it's yep. like, I'm not just gonna choose a bad thing. I might choose a bad thing if I'm protesting some sort of good thing, yeah. like, good policy or... I don't know,
0: like... I did eat a bunch of the crunchy baby chicks in Fable, though. Yeah. They crunch because of the bones. Yeah. So that was fun.
1: That's yucky.
0: And, like, in Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto is probably the one game where I do play as, like, a bad character, but it's because you don't have a choice. There's no good right. character in Grand you're Theft just... Auto. And so it's it's very easy to go from... It's
1: like, you you know you're already bad, so you go kill civilians, Yeah, I guess. all the time. All the time. Like, just droves of them.
0: I, I'm always disappointed that, like, there's no... Like multiplier in GTA. Like, I want to know each run how many people I've killed and ran over. So no. that makes me a psychopath. Anyway, uh, next up we have, uh, thanks for that, Jack Irish. Dylan, Adam's so much better at this than I am. So like, we better. need a showrunner, man. Anyway, next up, Geektopia. Did any of you guys try the Digimon RPG, JRPG games? He loves them. I don't, I, they, they love them. I don't know yeah. what gender a Geektopia is. Doesn't matter. They love them. And especially the last ones on the PS4. I have never played a Digimon game. I don't even really know what a Digimon is except that it's something like a Pokemon. Yeah.
1: It's a digital monster. Really? Yeah.
0: So Pokemon are real.
1: Yes. Theoretically. Yeah,
0: organic. But dig- Digimon are actually digital, digital monsters? Monsters, yeah. <laughs> I learned something today. I
1: mean I I used to watch the show a little bit. Um but it, it was kind of second fiddle to Pokemon, and I think there was other shows, too, that probably took up your time before Digimon did. But, uh, I mean, I liked the idea that I never really played those games. Does no. it play like a
0: Pokemon game?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. All right, so
0: what I needs don't... to happen now, Geektopia, is you need to come to our Discord and tell us, and obviously you're there because I got this question from there. Yeah. You need to come, like... Uh, inform us as to the, us. the lore and the uh the methods at which digimon is a great game yeah um it says it's an rpg like i like rpgs yeah. although he also said there's a jrpg and i don't like those as much yeah. so i don't know we'll see no we've not played it but i could be convinced right yeah I, yeah. yeah good all right next up is turn down for what and he asks if If Sony's unwillingness to enter the cross-play forum will end up hurting them or helping them in the next generation? Um, I think we've answered this question before, but as per always, I like to uh, rag on Sony's lack of cross-play at any opportunity that I can, and so I am taking this opportunity to do so with a new quote from Sony. Are you you ready for this? I'm super ready. So... As you'll remember in the past, Sony has already dug quite a few holes with their cross-play explanation because they're just unwilling. Well, except that one guy, the dude from like Sony America who quit was just like, Hey, it's about money, stupid. Yeah. Like that guy, I'm like, hey, at least he's honest. Um, the but in the past they've they've been saying, like, you know, it's our community. We're protecting the children. Um for the, children, the for new the children. Sony CEO. Um, uh, I don't want to pronounce his name because I'll do it wrong and then I'll feel bad. Um, Anyway, he is the new Sony CEO, was quoted as saying, on cross-platform, our way of thinking is that PlayStation is the best place to play. That's why we don't allow cross-play. Fortnite, I believe, partnered with PlayStation 4 is the best experience for users. That's our belief. So apparently, it's not that they don't, you know, it's not about money. It's not about, uh, you know, competitive advantage it's not about um you know not wanting to play nice with with xbox or sony it's just because why would you play anywhere else when playstation is obviously the best platform you stupid people and your stupid friends convince them to buy a ps4 instead of an xbox because obviously it's the best place to do it what are your thoughts of that dylan that's the worst thing i've ever
1: heard (laughs) it was hard not to laugh through that um (laughs) Like, that's really ballsy to say that, like, I like his confidence in a way, yeah. but it's just not right, it's just, <laughs> it's just totally wrong, um, and one, it's not the best place to play, like, I'm glad you believe that, because you should believe in your own product, but, um, I'd honestly rather play, um, on my, uh, I don't, my Wii U, I think, I'd I- rather pull out my Wii U, um than your PlayStation. So. I,
0: I I have a PlayStation. I have two PlayStations. I like them a lot. Arguably, within my house, my PC is a better place to play games. Um, if I'm playing an FPS, I got my mouse and my keyboard. And on my Xbox One X is arguably a better place to play because I've got a 4K TV and I can play things in glorious 4K. Um, my PlayStation doesn't get a lot of play. It, it has the arguably worst controller. And... Uh, it it is lower resolution and and lower fidelity than any of the other choices in my house except for my Switch, which has a clear advantage because I can take it upstairs and play it in my bed. So, like you're right, like you gotta you've gotta love the guys, like just the everything it's it took machismo. To, yeah, like, that's, to say that's a that, great word. Like,
1: but it's just it's laughable. It's so wrong. Uh,
0: um, I will tell you, Mikey Barra. <laughs> Um, who is uh I don't remember what Mike Mikey Barra's actual title is, but he's he's high up in the land of Xbox. Uh super nice guy too. Like I, if you ever listen to the uh Major Nelson podcast, he's on there every once in a while. Super, super cool dude. Um <laughs> is when asked about this, uh kind of parenthetically says, uh Sony is still not listening to gamers. All games should not only I hate that phone more than I hate anything in this world right now. It's going to ring again.
1: There it is. See, there it is. At least we know this time we're prepared to talk through it. It's done. All right. PlayStation still isn't listening
0: to gamers. All games should be crossplay and cross progression. Like that's that's a that's a big <laughs> thing to say. Crossplay and cross progression with the right input flexibility and gamer options. Like Thank you, Xbox. Like I understand in my head that Xbox is only saying these things because they are at a place in their business where it's, it's smart for them to say so. And maybe if Xbox was selling more than PlayStation right now, they wouldn't be saying that, but you know, whatever. Um, um, so I think to answer your question, uh, go ahead, Dylan. Before yeah, I was, was, was going to try question. to bring it back a yeah. little bit
1: too, because um, I was like starting to forget what the question was. Um, but I want to describe my current dilemma is like I want to play Destiny Two right now, and I don't know where to buy it. Yep, because I have there's a bunch of people that are playing it on PS4 right now, and I think that's because it was free, right? Um, well, and
0: I think like I bought it on PS4 originally because the last generation of <laughs> Destiny was such a pain if you didn't buy it on the PlayStation.
1: Right. Um, but I ultimately want to play it on Xbox, but then my the other largest player base, I think, is on the PC for me right now within my friends. I don't want it on PS4, even though I have it on PS4 um, because it was free. I'd rather play it on Xbox, which is where I think the fewest players are of yep. my friends, and then PC, I guess, which I can play with an Xbox controller, so... It potato potato like I'm getting a similar experience but the the worst thing about it is I own it on the ps4
0: I own it on the pc and I don't play it anywhere because it's such a pain yeah like to get to get into I mean I have a pretty high level xbox character but I can't transfer that over to my pc so I'd have to literally start all the way from scratch including doing the mission that you have to do before you can even play it multiplayer and if I got it on the Xbox, I'd have to do the same thing. And that's just dumb. Especially when you consider that a lot of the raids require six players. Do you know how hard it is to get six of your friends to all own it on the same system? But if we could play this cross-platform and it like, you know, my my players went across uh systems, it would be so easy to get six people. Like I could pull six people right now and go do a raid. Right. Because it would, it, and every game would be like that. Every game you hear that bottoms out because there just aren't enough players. That problem is solved by cross
1: play. Yeah. Um, so, I like I'm going to actively try to get people not to have PlayStations in the future. So I think yes, like, <laughs> and like I truly believe that Xbox and PC Destiny is going to work together at some point. Oh, like, I do too. It, it has to. Like, I, don't, I honestly don't know why it doesn't at this point. Yeah. Um, please, it's probably just, just difficult. It
0: probably wasn't made on. that
1: way. But Um, I don't know.
0: To answer your question, though, uh, turn down for what, the further we get down this road, the more I believe. And every single time PlayStation releases like a statement on this, I start to believe more that, yes, it is going to hurt them in the next generation. I don't know how it cannot unless you are the biggest of PlayStation fanboys that only plays games for single-player exclusives. Why would you buy a PlayStation at all? Yeah. So... Anyway, uh, one last question. Super, hyper, mighty weapon man. I nailed it that time. (laughs) Welcome to Nintendo High. You are welcomed by Headmaster Mario. Who else is in the rest of the staff? It does not state whether or not these need to be Mario characters or even Nintendo characters. But they could be. And I guess, do I, am I like, so Nintendo High, but a Headmaster. Is this, is this like Harry Potter, but in... (laughs) the Mario world should we make the assumption that it's Harry Potter but in the Mario well world? there's
1: obviously some sort of magical realism to it I if like it's it. uh
0: so I think uh I, I like to see Peach in the Professor McGonagall role
1: <sighs> mm-hmm.
0: um do you have who who who's who's your potion master is it is it uh is it Wario or is it uh I feel
1: like Wario's the janitor
0: oh good call yeah good call um. Uh. So Bowser
1: or or caretaker, ground, yeah, groundskeeper. Kinda. Well, so
0: but so there's two. Like so, oh, I, Bowser. You know, Bowser is probably uh either the the potions the master, the dean or- of
1: punishment. Oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Who's corrections.
0: The, who's Luigi?
1: Um. The lunch lady.
0: That works. Okay. That works. Um. I see Toad as being Professor Flitwick, the little short guy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What other Mario
1: characters are there? I know, but it's Nintendo High. Nintendo. So. Oh, so it could be anyone. um, I think Donkey Kong could do a gym class. Yeah. Um,
0: He'd be very good at that. Because I want
1: a monkey or ape to teach me how to uh, climb the rope in gym class. (laughs)
0: Makes you feel funny. Yeah. Let's see. Uh who else is like big who's Zelda? Zelda could be like your your uh or Link, I'm sorry. Uh Link could be like your uh your teaches about wild animals. Yeah like he's seen some stuff in the dungeons biology.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like he like, knows how to like the Hagrid He knows ingredients. Right? Like he can pick weird berries off oh, trees. Shoot, and he can also yeah. be the
0: potions guy then.
1: Yeah. Man, the, the Nintendo... Cooking class. The nin- he does it all. <laughs> he, he can teach... And he can climb everything.
0: And he can climb... He can climb. just, like, scale the castle. It's going to be great. So good. I would, I would watch the Harry Potter movers, movies totally redone with the Nintendo characters. Yeah. I think it would work. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Uh, one thing I forgot to do, because I am bad at this, is thank our wonderful patrons. We even talked about Patreon, yep. and I forgot to thank our patrons. So big shout-out to all of these wonderful people. Uh, we've got Alan Schulte. With the E. Uh, we have Austin Palmer, Dylan's buddy. Uh, we've got Jack Irish, our good friend from Australia, uh, unless he's been eaten by a snake or killed by a spider. Who knows? Uh, Joel Cole Jr., who has not been killed by a snake or a spider. I talked to him just a minute ago.
1: Unless he was killed by a snake or a spider since <sighs> then. Man,
0: Ohio's a dangerous place, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then we
0: have Kevin Schold, who could play with me uh, with... Uh, on Destiny on the Xbox or the PS4. Ooh. Except I don't own it on the Xbox. We've got uh, Michael Kennedy, and man, I wish it showed his last name on this. Michael Kennedy. Gattier.
1: Oh, yes,
0: I forgot. Quebecois. Yep. He,
1: he
0: he he complimented me on my pronunciation of Quebecois. Yeah. <laughs> Guthier, I would assume. And Vinny Champa, who I could play Destiny 2 with on PC. Yeah. <laughs> It's a it's a terrible thing, man. It's a terrible thing. Anyways, <sighs> thank you to our wonderful patrons. Uh we really appreciate it. Um we still have not really figured out what we're gonna do with this, but we're gonna make a plan, dang it. Maybe when Adam gets back from uh from the 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 uh overseas adventures overseas. he is having, uh we'll we'll figure out what our what our Patreon plan is. But meanwhile, you can mm. give us as little as a dollar a month and that will give you early access to our uh our podcast. Like these folks are gonna get it like almost two full days early because it's Ooh. it's in the morning right now. It's the morning. So, yeah, this is this is a super early podcast. Anyways, thanks guys, we really appreciate it. Uh one last thing we're going to talk about is some cheap free games. And I don't know why I didn't put these in earlier because they were announced earlier, but they're great. These are the Amazon uh, Twitch Prime games for this month, and they're real good. One of them I have paid full price for and backed them in Kickstarter like three months ago, and now it's free. (laughs) So, wop, wop. Never ceases. Anyway, uh, the Adventure Pals. Is a game that I kickstarted and is super 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 good, and I bought it because my kid is obsessed with giraffes. Dylan, back me up. That's true. It's true. He wore a giraffe
1: shirt to packs. He, he did
0: wear a giraffe shirt. He, but that's a behemoth giraffe yeah. shirt. So anyway, so it was, it's it was on topical, brand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Adventure Pals is a platformer where you play as a kid with a giraffe that like hangs out in his backpack except when you're riding the giraffe but when he's in your backpack the giraffe's tongue acts like a helicopter <laughs> um you're trying to find I mean, it's just it's a platformer um but it's really cute and really fun and i have played it a bunch and i really enjoyed it so get adventure pals if you don't get anything else uh guild of dungeoneering i have not played but i have heard is really 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 fun um gunpoint, I don't know anything about, but you probably point guns at things. So if you're into or you're held at gunpoint and have oh, to make desi- shoot.
1: decisions quickly.
0: I bet you're pointing guns at things. That might May, not make
1: be even close. I
0: don't know. Whatever. Gunpoint is uh is coming out. Um Pumped BMX, I have also played on the Xbox. It is okay. I, I will give it a strong okay. Um and then finally, the original strife, which is not. I don't believe the uh, – so there's a game called Strife that was a Doom 2-based like, game. I don't believe this is that. <laughs> um, I think this is the newer game called Strife that uh, is like kind of a – it is a very fast-paced shootery kind of game, though. I have not played it, but I've heard good things about it. So that is Cheap Free Games for this week. Uh, we're not going to see – I guess it is the fourth. So, all of your Xbox games and PlayStation games that we talked about last week are now available. So, go grab all that stuff. Uh, wrapping it up. Wrapping it up. You can find us at bitemepodcast.com. And then everything and else. And that links
1: out from everything, everything
0: else. So, you can get to our Twitter from there, our Facebook from there. <clears throat> Those are actually just also bite me You can get to our humble bundle from there, uh, humble or bite me slash humble. That'll give us some, a uh, little bit of money if you buy stuff via that. Um, what else we got? Patreon, patreon.com slash bite me podcast. Uh, we are on mixer, uh, school's back in. So I'll probably be on mixer a little bit less, but I'm still trying to mixer it up when I can. Mixer.com slash bite me podcast. Um, Discord. You should come hang out with us in Discord. Yeah. We've got a bunch of new people lately.
1: People have been popping in. It's great. And it's awesome. We love all of you. Um, um I'm trying to get some people to get going on the Overwatch. Um, we got some new people that are interested and we're trying to get some some good times for people to play um in the evenings or weekends or whatever works. We're just trying to figure out what time is best for people. So time um, suck. jump in the Discord and um Let's talk about it. Yeah, hang out with us there.
0: Um, uh, we also have a Facebook group. Um, I'm, I, don't, I think you can just search groups for Bite Me Podcast and it'll pop up. Um, we don't have a ton of members, but I tend to post um, like a lot of what's in there is like news I run across across the week. Some of it we talk about here, some of it we don't. So that's a good place to, uh, to find us if you're into the Facebooks uh, is our Facebook group. And uh, I think that's it for this week, right? I think so. Awesome. Bite Me. No, it's computer locked. I gotta like log back in.
1: Awkward silence.
0: Right? I mean, I could just edit this out.
1: Clickety clack. But I don't know if I will. Clickety clack. Say bite me again. Clickety clack.